Hi, Priya. Hiya. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. We're going to talk about sickle, sickle cell disease or sickle cell anemia. And this is a blood film. Is it a peripheral blood film? This is a peripheral blood film, yeah. yeah. And you can see some uh, sickle cells that are sort of crescent sickle shape, um, some polychromasia, some target cells as well. And uh, a little bit of how jolly body, maybe mm. that signifies high post planism. Don't worry about everything, all of those that I've just um, mentioned. Um, yeah. They don't expect you to be able to um, describe a blood film <laughs> in the interview. Yeah. Um, so, we're just gonna give you a bit of background on what sickle cell disease is, and this is important to know in case the examiner ask you um what you know about sickle cell disease and you've got something in the pocket to you know tell them um so it's one of the hemoglobinopathies um it is an abnormal hemoglobin structure it's caused by a point mutation and uh, it is a qualitative defect as opposed to quantitative in thalassemia in thalassemia you're not producing uh, enough working hemoglobin but in sickle you're producing enough but they are not of normal um, structure and it is the defect in the beta chain uh, you know your hemoglobin has got alpha chain beta chain and this is the disease of the beta chain um, so if you have that mutation and in hypoxic state um, your sickle hemoglobin can polymerize and form a um, sickle shape in the bloodstream. And um, it's very difficult for the sickle cells to pass through the bloodstream smoothly and they accumulate and cause uh, vessel occlusion. And that's the pathophysiology behind um, sort of uh, pain um, that uh, sickle patients get uh, because they're occluding the small vessels um, and also that chronically it can cause um, organ damage um, as well um, because these sickle cells um, change this shape and they are very prone to um, being destroyed so you've got constant uh, hemolysis as well um, it's important to know, and um, most commonly you have HBSS, you, get, you know, you get one S from your mother, one S from your father, and that's why you get SS genotype. There are other um, forms of sickle cell disease. You may have heard of SC or S-beta-thal or even O-Arab, D-Punjab, all of those are also um, abnormal beta chain hemoglobin variant. And when they are combined uh, with a sickle um, um, HBS, then they do become sickle cell anemia and they behave uh, like uh, uh, sickle cell, uh, but they have a different um, phenotype. Um, very important to mention as well, SA, A is, you know, HBA is all we, what we have, normal hemoglobin. SA is a sickle trait, 
and they are not sickle cell disease. Okay, you don't treat them like sickle cell disease. That is just a sickle trait. Only if you're homozygous or combined with another beta chain variant, then you are sickle cell anemia. And obviously, because the genotypes are different, um, there's a very broad phenotype. Um, even within the uh, SS um, population, they, also, they can also behave and present very differently. Uh, so each individual is different. Uh, in terms of initial workup, um, we would do full blood count. Um, some of the um, uh, sickle cell disease um, genotype has got a lower hemoglobin than the other. So SS is usually running sort of 60, 70, 80 grams per liter hemoglobin. SC is slightly higher, usually around 100. Um, the low MCV um, is not universal. Sometimes they can be compensated by having high reticular site count, but sometimes they are low because they are sickling and their um, uh, volume is uh, smaller. Um, HB electrophoresis is a technique that we use to understand what hemoglobin um, the patient has. Um, and the most common method is HPLC, um, and it will give you the sickle percentage, how much blood um, has got this sickle hemoglobin. Sickle solubility test is um, an other test, it's a confirmatory test um, to confirm, because uh, you need two modalities um, to um, confirm that it is an HPS because there are other hemoglobin variants that can also run in the HBS window on the HPLC. So you need a second method to confirm, okay? So these are diagnostic. Obviously, we could always do genetics, but um, laboratory-wise, uh, we could also use these tests to sort of confirm, okay? And supportive measures, uh, we always do group and screen. We always need to know um, in case um, the patients, sickle patients need transfusion. Virology is very important. Um, liver profile, renal pro profile, uh, to understand how much of their organs are being affected. Urine, ACR, to also um, uh, to work out how much um, the sickle is affecting the renal function. Um, chest x-ray um, on every emission, um, also very important as a baseline, and also if they develop signs of uh, chest infection or uh, evolving chest crisis. An echocardiogram um, is important, and we do that um, yearly uh, to look at um, the heart function for sickle patients. Um, so these are outpatient um, tests. Um, in, it is very different when they are admitted uh, into hospital for a crisis and we have got a clinical scenario um, to guide you on that. But these are tests um, that we would do um, uh, as in, in outpatient.
Um, thank you, Jeff. Um, so just going into the management of these patients, the best way is, as Jeff mentioned, um, we obviously have the acute presentation with the pain, with crises, which I'm just going to um, go into detail a little bit later. Um, but firstly, you do need to be aware that these patients, um, just how we manage them in the hematology clinics, um, so all patients diagnosed with a sickle cell disease are managed in a specialist centre or referred to a specialist centre, um, which is run by consultants who have an interest or you know, deal with patients with sickle cell disease or haemoglobinopathies. Um, and the reason for this is they go there to have their annual assessment. So we've already touched on them having, you know, investigations for end organ damage. So an echocardiogram, a urine ACR, lung investigations as needed. Um, and it is during this annual assessment that they'll have a pain management plan. Um, so it's really important for you to, you know, if you are asked about this in the interview, to mention this, that you would review their management plan to see what they normally take for their pain control. Um, the next part I do mention is it's a little bit more specialist, but certainly if you mention this, then you will definitely get some brownie points in the interview. Um, but patients who have recurrent crises um, are usually reviewed in these specialist centres and started on some medication to try and reduce the frequency of crises. So hydroxycarbamide is a you know, tablet that you may see if you've managed a patient with sickle cell disease. Um, and also another one which is much more recent is crizanlizumab as well. So it's, it's good if you're aware of these new therapies um, because it just shows that you've obviously done a bit of reading around this condition. Um, it is also important to be aware that these patients are young. Um, so, you know, family planning is really important, especially in women. Um, and it is important that, you know, as we did touch on in our clinical scenario, if you have a young female patient coming in with a painful crisis that you would screen to find out if she is pregnant, um, because obviously that's quite important in terms of managing her, you know, long term. Um, and the other thing to mention is that, as um, Jeff sort of said at the beginning, these patients have a hyposplenism, so their spleen doesn't work as well. Um, so that's why these patients always end up taking penicillin B um, long term prophylaxis. Um, and they all need to have vaccinations as though they have no spleen. Um, so you have to sort of manage them as though they've, they've had a splenectomy effectively. Um, so yeah, next slide. So these are the acute complications, and this is something um, you guys should be aware of, especially when you're going into an interview. Um, acute chest syndrome is definitely up there. It's the big emergency that we deal with. Um, so any sickle cell patient presenting with a chest pain, with shortness of breath, you know, you do need to work them up quite quickly. This is an emergency. Um, these patients have to be escalated to intensive care unit. You have to involve your seniors and you have to organize urgent exchange transfusion because they can become the prognosis is very poor and they can become very unwell very, very quickly. Um, and it also is important to be aware that often the chest x-rays may be normal at the beginning and it can rapidly deteriorate. So these patients can go off very, very quickly. Um, so this is something you should really know how to manage and how to discuss in an interview setting. Um, a painful crisis, you know, if, if you've worked in a &E, I'm sure you would have seen lots of people at sickle cell presenting with painful crises. Um, important things to mention are the fact that you would manage any triggers. So make sure they, they are, you know, they have good oxygen levels. They have 
well hydrated, that you look for any infection that may have triggered it. Um, and pain controls are saying that you will follow their pain management plan. So you won't just simply follow the WHO you know, analgesic ladder that you would actually specifically follow the plan for that patient. Um, and it is important to mention that, you know, their pain has to be controlled within 30 to 60 minutes of them attending A&E. So it's important to mention that also. Um, another complication you may get asked about is hepatic or splenic sequestration. So this is where um, the liver or spleen becomes significantly enlarged and it's just basically filled with lots and lots of red cells, like sickled cells. Um, it is more commonly seen in children, but it's just something for you to be aware of and to mention that you would examine for this if you see a sickle cell patient in A&E and the management for this is transfusion. And then lastly is um, priapism. So again, this is actually another hematological emergency. And um, again, it's important to, that this is screened for in male patients coming in. Um, you would need to ensure that they do have exchange transfusion as soon as possible um, and to liaise with your urology colleagues as well. Um, so those are the key sort of complications to be aware of. I don't know if I've missed anything, Jeff, there or? No, no. it's just touching on the sequestration. You have to very, be very careful about transfusing because when they recover, the blood from the spleen and the liver would spill out That's and true. you may need to vinisect again uh, in order not to have a very, very high hemoglobin, rebound high hemoglobin. Yeah, so that's something to be aware of as well. But, mm. um, and one quick tip to mm. mention is um, hydroxycarbamide can increase your MCV, your mean cell volume. And if you want to see if the patient is compliant on uh, hydroxycarbamide, you look at the MCV and it should be raised. Um, it's just Thank a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so hopefully you guys found this useful and thank you for listening. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you.